0: Hi and welcome to this week's episode of I Think I Am Human 2. This will be part two to Independent But Dependent. I do want to start by thanking everybody that reached out on Instagram to ask questions, share their stories. I absolutely love that, I love this community in general, but I love that you guys get to just get a more ver like a more real version and just to understand. And it's and it's also just a healing thing in my own head of getting to talk about some things that I've never felt comfortable talking about. Um and my dad had asked me a couple of days ago. He had listened to my first podcast and he was like, Why are you like he's like, What's the point in a podcast? Like he doesn't get it, he's old school, no big deal. And I had just said when I got on TikTok and I started sharing the real life of my life, my marriage, and I would like talk about funny things about like what my husband does or what my dad's doing and all the comments would be like, oh my god, this is so relatable. This is so relatable. And then I would keep scrolling like on my For You page and I would see videos that were, you could tell were very altered or um, scripted and it would be like, It would be the perfect marriage or the perfect day with my husband or something like that. Um, And you could just tell that they were very scripted and then then I would go into the comments section and a bunch of people were like, this is so fake, blah, blah, blah. So I started to kind of piece together and I was like, people like to see the real stuff. I like to share the real stuff. I mean, I'd never script anything. I feel uncomfortable doing that. It's just not who I am. Sometimes I'll have to film a funny story time more than once, but it's never like a sat down scripted or I tell someone what to say or any of that. So I really wanted to talk more about like real life things. And I feel as if in this lifetime, I mean, just for an example, in corporate America, they tell you not to talk about your pay, right? Because it's frowned upon, it's shunned upon. Um, I feel like a lot of people are hesitant to talk about their mental health People are just hesitant to talk about things that really, really, really happen. And then when some story does break um, in the news or someone shares on social media of like, hey, this really traumatic event happened to me, people out of the woodwork start commenting like, thank you, you really helped me. Thank you for talking about this and shining light on this. Thank you for using your platform. Blah, 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 right? And I was like, why don't we talk about stuff? I mean, something that might be traumatic to me, might not be traumatic to someone else, vice versa. Um, But it doesn't ever hurt to talk about it because one, you guys are getting to see that there's a real person behind the screen. That was the entire point of my name or my podcast title and the whole inspo behind it. But I just feel like it it's more needed. It's needed across the globe. It's needed everywhere on micro levels, macro levels, ma- major levels. I feel like people should talk about these things even if it might seem like it's nothing. I didn't think that my TikTok would get large by just sharing what my husband and I do or running into Costco and we're arguing in Costco over water bottles. If you know, you know, but that viral, that video went viral. And I was like, why? Because it's real life. Like we're literally sitting in the middle of a Costco arguing over who gets the gray or blue. Like, I don't know. So I really wanted to start talking on here and just kind of going through some things. Um if you listen to the first episode I kind of went over how I lived in two different households and it was split households. I feel like that's a very common thing for people to go through. Side note, my dad's dog is here and he is not happy. Um so if you hear any dog barking, that's Charlie, the naked mole rat. Um Okay, so I've tried to film part two, or I've already filmed it, and then I was like recording it for YouTube, and the camera died in the middle of it. That's just my luck. I knew that the camera was going to die too, and I was still just like, F it, I'm going to film this (laughs) and just see how far I can get. But anyways, so if you are wondering about when YouTube will be out, that will be coming. I am re-filming this part two because I at least wanted to get this uploaded this week. Um, starting next week, when I talk about a new topic and all that, it will be on YouTube. I pinky promise you I will not do it without recording it. Wanted to say that. Two, I came up with this idea, and I kind of want to know your guys' thoughts. So, if you're seeing this and you have, or if you're hearing this, seeing this, huh? If you're hearing this and you have an input, I would love to hear it. I'm thinking how fun it would be to include Raphael, who's my husband if you're new here, um, On every episode's part two. So I'll talk on like the first episode of just myself. I'll just explain like whatever I want to talk about. And then on part two, would you guys want him as... Because a lot of people came with advice questions. And this is kind of where my train of thought went. So when I opened up Instagram last week, I got a lot of questions that were asking for advice. And me personally being me, I like advice from a lot of different people. I kind of overshare because I want to have a lot of input. So... I also like male's input too. Because I feel like they bring a whole new light. Especially my husband. He brings a whole new light to things. And so I want to know. Would you guys want him on every episode's part twos? Kind of giving advice or maybe sharing. And not not as necessarily a guest. Because when I have guests on. That will be an entire episode of itself. With like all new topics. Blah, blah, blah. And the same with Raphael. I'll have Raphael as a guest. Like with a whole topic and stuff for him to touch on. But I'm talking solely on having him as like on with us and giving advice as well. So think about that. Let me know because I'm sure he would love to. He'd also probably be like, oh my God, I got to give how many hours of this every week. But so he might be a hit or miss. He might be willing to, but it doesn't mean he wants to. So if you guys are like, no way, that's boring. We just want you or yes, please. Then we'll go from there. Speaking of the advice questions that I had gotten in Instagram, um, or on Instagram from last week's episode, I did just want to talk about just because I'm speaking on some of these topics right now does not mean I have this figured out. I'm sharing things because, one, maybe I did figure things out. Some are figured out, and here's my advice that I have. Maybe there's things that I have that I'm still battling through. Next week's topic, I really want to talk about things that I still battle with day-to-day. Um, because when I when I at, when I opened up the questionnaire on Instagram last week, I got a lot of questions asking for advice. And I'm like, some of these, like, I don't have advice to. I feel like I'm still struggling every day with these things. So next week's episode, I really want to talk about things that I'm still struggling with currently that I feel like a lot of people don't know, Um And I'm really intrigued to kind of like open that Pandora's box because it's like, it's like my real emotions, you know, and I feel like I could talk on hours about how there's certain things I just can't move past, move over, get over, um, along those lines. So that is, that's going to be next week's episode. I'm pretty excited about that one, but I'm also very anxious because it's very vulnerable because it is still real time. It's still, um, dealing with day to day's problems and that'll be intriguing. All right. So question number one is talk about living a split life and how that's altered my personality. I kind of went over that in part one on living two different living in two different households. I had again, I've been over this in part one, the, the household in Florida with my mom and my stepdad's family. It was a very chaotic family. There was a lot of things going on And, um, my brother and I fell to what we call the back burner babies, where we were just kind of on our own doing our own thing. But then also, um, later on in life and speaking with a therapist and going over some of the childhood traumas that were built up inside of me, I had learned that my stepdad was, I'm not going to diagnose. He had narcissistic narcissistic tendencies and I'm not going to diagnose anybody ever, but, um, the more and more that I spoke about how he treated my mom, how he treated us, like, and I actually had a lot of um, I looked up to him a lot. So finding this out in my later years of life is kind of ironic to me because back in the day, I looked to him as he was strong. He knew what he was doing, but that was I feel like a facade. Maybe he did feel like he knew what he was doing, but shit, if you're running a hu- my household will never be run like that. If I know what I'm doing, so learning that and then being like going off of what he would tell us to feel and what he would tell us to think there were so many times where I would go to them with my parents with my mom and my stepdad with problems and I would say hey this is what's up or this is what's going on or or even just like speaking on random day-to-day topics he would like tell you how to form your thoughts and and so that really made me rely on um him for what do I do now What do I say? What do I think? How do I feel? And that kind of altered me as an adult. Of a lot of times, I don't know how to feel, and sometimes I turn around to people and I'm like, I literally am just so flustered. I'm like, like I don't know what to feel right now because I I can't put words with my emotions. I really just genuinely don't know. Even till like when I met Raphael a couple of years back, he had asked me. He's like, Do you ever get mad? And I was like, No, because I never would consider myself a mad person, right? Because the word mad, I just never associated with myself or my feelings. And I do get mad. Everyone gets mad. If you say you don't get mad, like, yeah, I would I would like to think of myself as a chill person. Up until a couple years ago, I would always say that. And I'd be like, I don't get mad. I get annoyed. Uh, No. I get so angry sometimes and now angry is more the word I like to use again mad I just don't associate with myself but I think that was because as a as a child you just I didn't know I didn't learn terms I didn't learn feelings like that and um so it was very it was very interesting to kind of learn that and then starting to learn new words I'm very excited to have children for the simple fact that I get to teach new words and I'm probably going to sit there with a kid's book. I am angry. I am sad. <laughs> I feel like when I have kids, I'm going to be learning a lot because I'm going to be restructuring my own brain and how I think. But anyways, and then I would go to the north side, which was a uh, north side of the t- cities. Uh, oh my God. North side of the States. Um, I'm in the Twin Cities. I always whatever. Anyways, my dad's family, he married my stepmom and their family is very put together on the outskirts. I mean, no family's ever put together, but they, they looked like they do have their stuff together way more than what, um, my stepdad's family and that household was. So when we would come up here, um, we were kind, it kind of just felt like we never fit in. We never fit into their mold. We were just like, anything like we would say or do was just outrageous and, um and yeah so we've grown past that and now that like my little brothers are adults now too um the leniency on just us being us has really sl- like um loosened up I guess I would say like my parents are just like okay these these are our kids it is what it is um so I guess that's good but back in the day it was it was it was weird. I didn't know who to be, where to be, when I was there. I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. There's so many times where now to this day, I don't like to go anywhere without looking together. Like I like to have my outfit, like I like to have an outfit on. I like to have makeup on. I like to go out into the world because I just, I just want to, I want to feel like I've got my day together. So a lot of days I'll wake up and I get ready, even though I work remote most days. I'm like, I still like to, I still like to feel like I got my shit together. So speaking on living in the, the split household, when I went over all that in part one, um, molding who I am as a human today... That's where I'm like, I still don't have that figured out. I mean, I know for there's some things in life that I know 110% you can't sway me one way or the other. I am standing on solid ground and you cannot tell me anything differently. But there's still some things where I'm like, do I want this? Do I want that? I don't know. But I feel like that's kind of everybody, no matter what age you're at, because you're every year or every month or every week even, it's a new week, it's a new month, it's a new year, it's a new obstacle. So you're battling those as they go and that's it. Everyone's just battling a new battle. It's just how can I handle it this time around? Um, So I think that's kind of normal to just not know all the answers because, I mean, who does? But there are certain things, like my personality, like how the question is, is how did it get molded? Um... You know, I just, I know that there's certain things that I would not stand for. Like my husband, I will say this to the day I die. I think he's one of the most, he probably is the most amazing person I've ever had the chance of meeting. I sometimes am like, how am I married to him? Like I, I just genuinely can't even wrap my brain around it sometimes where I'm like, I don't even know what I did to deserve him. Or I sometimes look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, Catherine, get your shit together. Like he's, he's way way more of a person than I could ever be and I'm like I feel like sometimes he doesn't deserve to be married to me like I'm like holding him down and I know that's not the case but sometimes I just battle with my own um imposter syndrome in my head of like do I belong here and again he's an amazing human being and 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 he knows people he knows how to read people um he he knows that I love him no matter what and through anything and everything and I will do anything for him The trust is there. The communication's there. But there's some days where I'm like, Raphael is nonstop all the time. Like, for example, we went through home reno and um, we're still not done. He's pissed that we're still not done. Like, he wants it to be done because he is just so go, 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 go all the time. And any time that there was like a project where I was like, okay, we got through this project. Like, let's chill for a couple of days. Like, let's chill for a minute. Nope. Like, he would get upset with that or say I would start a project, um, and it doesn't get finished and and he would get very frustrated with that because he's like hey like let's finish it through. We're going to talk about this in a later episode when I bring him on because I think he would be very entertaining to kind of go back and forth with on this topic. But anyways, there's there's a lot of things that um I don't feel like I deserve with him and <laughs> it just makes me really just want to hold on to him. But then there's other things that he does and I'm like, "Oh my gosh," And we work through, we talk through, we, um, again, I know where I stand on certain topics. He thinks that sometimes I'm a little brutal or mean with my words, and I think he's too much of a people pleaser sometimes. Like, it can be, it could be anything. He'll be like, hey, I'm going into the gas station because he wants a snack, right? Cool. He'll get in there, and I'll say, no, I don't want anything. This is a bad example because everyone wants something from a gas station. We just don't want to say it. But I'm going to continue on with the example. So I'm going to say, no, I don't want anything he'll go in, he'll call me. Hey, do you want something? Hey, I'm holding hot Cheetos and gummy bears. They're your favorite. Do you want these? And I'm like, no, thank you. And then he'll be like, he'll come out, right? He'll come out of the gas station and he'll get gummy bears. They're not his favorite, but he knows that they're one of mine. And he'll sit down and he'll be like, so do you want a gummy bear? And I'm like, no, thank you. And I was like, where's your snack? And he was like, no, I got this. And I'm like, why? And I'll be like, well, because it's what you want. And I was like, I don't want that, though. I don't want that. And then he'll get upset because he got a snack that he didn't want because he wanted to please me. And I'm like, Raphael, like, so there are certain things where I'm trying to tell him, like, hey, you can think for yourself. Like, and I know you, not to be disrespectful, he always thinks for himself. But sometimes he can be selfish and there's certain things that, like, So that's my personality, where it's like, no, I know firmly, I believe, and I'm obviously using the gas station as a very small example, but this comes to, like, big things that we battle with, where he's constantly trying to appease me, and I'm like, hey, I'm okay. Like, I don't need that, and that's where I'm trying to say, like, there's certain things where I really can stand on my own two feet, I got my own back, Um, I don't need him to sit here and try and please me all day, every day, but I know that that's a personality trait that he has, so... As an adult, I'm just trying to figure out, like, my happy balance is for everything. What Being a wife, being um, a homeowner, being just an independent person, there's certain things where I'm like, I have to just let certain things go. But with that being said, just kind of circling back on, like, how my personality has formed and just transferred into who I am. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Some days are better than others. Some days are... (laughs) I don't know. I guess that's one of my answers where... I've been seeing seed symbiotic DS01 everywhere and I figured it was time to try it out because you guys know I love anything and everything gut health. Gut health does not just affect your digestive system. I don't understand. I don't think people understand how much it affects like your overall health and not only that but like your skin, your readiness for the day. I just love when my gut is in line, I'm in line. When I'm in line, life is in line. So Seed is sharing a code with human two listeners, and I'm super excited for you guys to try them out. You are gonna get 25% off to see if you like them just as much as I do. Trust your gut with seeds DS01 daily symbiotic. Go to seed.com human two. That's all one word, and use code 25Human2 to get 25% off your first month. So that's two five human two, all one word. That's 25% off your first month of Seeds DS01 daily symbiotic at seed.com slash human two with code 25 human two. I know that there's certain things I really, really firmly believe in and I know I need to be strong with. You can't really, you can't really offend me um, when it comes to like people making fun of my personality or my looks or anything like that. That doesn't offend me. It does not ever hit me to my core if you mess with my family, obviously that's a different scenario, but so I'm I'm really grounded in that fact of, I know I have mistakes, I know I have a past, I know that there's a lot of people I owe apologies to, I know those things about myself, I also know the physical appearances, or my voice is annoying, or I talk too much, or blah blah blah, right? I know that these things occur to certain people, but Everybody has different perceptions of things. Again, my husband and I with the home rental or with the gas station. There's certain things that he sees one way and I see another way. Nobody's right or wrong. We're not trying to purposely hurt each other or offend each other. And I think that kind of ties into um, the conversation that I I brought up last week and talking about parents' trauma. And there was a question that I got. That's how do you move on from trauma that was caused by your parents? And I really, really, really firmly believe nobody knows what the hell they're doing in life. Just because you pop out a baby, you get this handbook and you're like, here you go. Congratulations. You figured it out. I don't think any parent knows what they're doing. I mean, I'm terrified to be a mom. I'm not ready to be a mom yet. Some people don't have the blessing of choosing when to be ready. Yes, you can choose when to have sex and and to abstain. And that's great. That's fine if that's your choice. But there's different, everyone can get in a car and put their seatbelt on, right? How many people still are wearing their seatbelt and get hit by a car and still die even though their seatbelt is on? I know that's very extreme, but there's so many people that, that have birth control, wear condoms or whatever the case may be. Um, and you still end up pregnant. Okay. So now you got a baby and now you're like, Ooh, so my one option was really just abstinence. That's the only way to go about it. Okay. And I didn't do that, and so now I have a child. Do I have anything figured out in life? Absolutely not. And a lot of people haven't even figured out their own childhood traumas or their own adult traumas. Or a lot of people don't even know what they want in life, much less how to raise a baby. So I really just think that parents go day to day just hoping for the best. Some people don't. Some people don't care. Some, some. You might have had a mom or dad that really just didn't give a shit. And it stinks, but if you stop thinking of like, and I talked about this in the first episode of like, if you stop trying to parent your parent or tell your parent how to be a good parent, I went through that a lot, especially with my mom. I was like, mom, you're a bat. like, this is bad. What you're doing is wrong. What you're doing is wrong. And why? Why? Like, I was so focused on retraining her or, and this, again, these are just examples, but I went, I was so focused on retraining another person instead of training myself to not internalize some of the things that are happening or being said and obviously as a teenager or as a young adult you are still like you don't even know what you want for breakfast much less how you want to protect yourself from your parents or what they're saying or doing but I really think that if you start working on yourself and you start saying they didn't mean to really putting that in play of they didn't mean to and I, and again not to bring my mom into this um But I don't think that anything that she did to my brother and I as children was intentional or malicious by any means. Um, Does that mean that she was right or wrong? No, but it just it helps me move forward knowing my mom loves me. She just didn't know, and she was figuring it out. I mean, she's in her 50s now, and she's still figuring life out. But then I also turned that into my dad, too, where I'm like, was he purposeful with his words? No, and maybe not. There's so many times where I'm talking, and I'm not not really listening to what I'm saying when I'm saying something, and then I can read on the person's face that I'm speaking to. I've just hit a nerve. And I'm like, well, what did I say that, like, sometimes I'm just talking. My dad is like that. I get that from my dad. He just, and then I'm like, Bill, that was so rude and he's like huh he and I'm the exact same way I have a girlfriend that loves to call me out she's my best friend and she's great love her to death but there's sometimes where she'll call me on my on my words and I'm like I never meant to be that I feel like I needed her as a friend though because especially moving from Florida to Minnesota the Midwest is very passive aggressive and I was just straight blunt and to the point point. and a lot of people here were like whoa not cool can't say that so We need people in our lives to keep us accountable for the words that are coming out, but it doesn't mean that we're purposely being malicious or hurtful or any of those things. So I I really just think if you put in your own mind of, I can't control what my parents are saying or doing. Obviously, if you're 10 years old, you're probably not listening to this. I'm talking to adults who are now moving past these things. That's our responsibility. Our parents are older. They're living their own lives. They are not thinking about us every single second of every single day anymore. I mean, that's so rude. That's disrespectful because, like, do they know who I am? But my mom doesn't answer my calls every time anymore. When I was 15 years old, she answered every single time, first ring, because she knew something was wrong. Now she's like, you're 26, homegirl. Like, why are you calling me? You're probably just calling me just to talk. Like, I don't need to answer anymore. So when you're on your own, that means you're on your own for everything, which means forgiving and forgetting and pushing past and... Whatever you need to do to get through your day, if you have to tell yourself that your parents didn't mean it, or I honestly kind of felt bad. Like now the older I get, the more I've understood the way that the world works and and that humans are all humans, no matter how much money you make, no matter what like what profession you have, nothing. Where you come from, where do you go, cotton nacho. Um, none of that matters. So that's where I go into... I I kind of, I kind of put myself in like my mom's shoes and I feel bad sometimes because I'm like, I was really hard on her and, and I don't know. I don't know why. I just, I was like, well, I would want a mom to be like this. And now I look back and I'm like, yeah, there's probably a lot of things that I would have wanted for my mom. But the one thing I got from my mom that a lot of people don't is an open relationship with her. I have open communication, no matter what day, what time I call, I can call with anything and I'm gonna get an honest response. And I don't, I don't, I don't see that from a lot of parents where they're like, no, I can't call my mom. Or no, I can't talk to my mom about that. She's judgmental. Or no 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 no, my mom would never allow me to say that. And I'm like, there were so many things that those moms back in the day would do for their kids, or take them, or do for them, or buy them, and blah blah blah. And I wanted that from my mom. And now I'm like look at those people and I'm like well they don't even have a relationship with their mom because their mom was so busy focused on other I don't know I'm not gonna judge anyone else's moms but that was something that I'm very blessed with and it's taken me years to get here to just be like okay so at least like that's something I'm very excited about and I and everyone loves my mom and feels like comfortable with my mom to go to my mom and talk about stuff she is not perfect she's not all figured out she's got her own demons that she battles day in and day out but She allows that open conversation, but with that is going to come an open response, meaning she's going to tell you how it really is. So like if I call and I'm bitching about my husband, she's going to be like, hey, Kat, well, I know you as my daughter and sounds like this is a more you problem, not a him problem. Lighten up on him. So again, if you're if you're really wanting to let go of those past traumas, just kind of get in your own head and say. They didn't mean to. They don't know. If I was in their shoes, how would I have handled it? Probably differently. Yeah, but again, everyone's got different perceptions. Something that might be affecting me as a kid and traumatizing me, my mom was like, oh my God, I've been through 20 times worse. How is this hard? That doesn't, that's not okay, right? Parents shouldn't look at you and be like, well, I went through worse, so you're fine. I feel like a lot of our parents are like that though, especially talking about mental health. Mental health is such an open topic now and people are talking about it left and right and diagnosing left and right, which is great. People are getting the help that they need. But then I look at like my dad, for example, he doesn't believe really in mental health. He's like, oh, it is what it is. Anxiety, what? What are you talking about? Depression? No, wake up and get to work. Put your fucking boots on. And it's like, dad, that doesn't mean that My problems are less than yours because back in the day you didn't know about them or didn't have them. I mean, obviously when you're raising kids, that's the whole point in raising a new generation is for them to be bigger and better than you. Sometimes that comes with mental health. I mean, look at the expectations that are on our plate. Look at the interest rates that are out there. Who can buy a house right now? Who Like look at the things that are stressing us. And you're saying get to work. Well, my work pays me minimum wage. And when I get there, they dream me like, shit. I can't afford food. I can't afford my house. Like, so just because he didn't go through those things and doesn't believe in those things does not mean that they're not real. And this is another topic we want I wanna talk about later on because I feel like I've really, really started to um, recognize some of these issues um, later in life. And I, from anything, from economic, economical standpoints, racial standpoints, political standpoints, there's so many times where people are like, well, because I didn't experience that, it it, does, it doesn't exist. So put your boots on and get to work. And it's like, Okay. 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 We're just going to move on from that. So that's a, that's a whole episode I want to talk about. But again, just really put yourself in other people's shoes and, or maybe don't. And then just say, you know what? It is what it is. Let's move along. Um, another question that I had gotten was how did you switch back to being nice after, um, having your guards up for so long? And I want to say, again, this is another time where I'm going to admit I'm not perfect. I do not have everything figured out. This is not me giving advice. This is me just saying what I did that's helped me. And I'm not sitting here saying I'm the nicest person in the world. I'm not saying I'm the meanest. I've never been the the girl that was um, considered the... Ni- like, I never won class... Like I, I won, like, class clown, stuff like that. I never won nicest person alive, right? There are some people when you're like you meet them, you're like, "Oh my god, that girl was so sweet. She was so nice." There are people that I've met like that and I I like thinking of people off the top of my head right now. Like Taylor Swift, for example. She's constantly nice in the press. Like she's always smiling, always there's nothing bad on the news about her. Like you can't say, "Oh, Taylor Swift came in somewhere and was was a raging biatch No. That just doesn't she's not spoken about like that. That wasn't me, though. I didn't go around with a smile on my face everywhere I went. And then the deeper that traumas got and the the more hurt that came across me, I definitely, definitely wasn't going on my up and up. But what I did do is I started to have to break down my own walls. Again, I'm still learning. There's still some times where my husband feels like he's on the outsides of them sometimes and we have to talk through things. He's really gotten me to see that it starts with us. And this was in my vows And this kind of ties into like um, the the topic I was just talking about of like, we have to forgive our parents because if we don't, it doesn't matter. Like they're continuing on. That's the same thing now though. Like Raphael, he's really shown me that it starts with us. It's our own accountability for ourselves. And I'm going to fully give him all the credit for that because I have never been told that. I have a family that has zero accountability. Like I'm talking it's, it's deep in our family. It's not just me and my siblings. It's like my parents, my aunts, my uncles, like there's cousins. There are so many of us in our family that have no accountability, love them to death, but they take nothing. They're, they're blaming everywhere. And that's me too. So Raphael was like, Hey, like, at what point are we going to stand up on our own feet and take accountability? And for things that I were saying and doing and feeling, even like I have, I'm accountable for myself. I'm responsible for myself, which means I have to defend myself. I, but I also have to untrain myself. I, I, it's all on me. So that starts with figuring out what's going on, figuring out what's hurting me, figuring out how to move forward from those things. Again, forgiveness is huge. Um, I always say never forget. But that's just me. That's how I handle things. I forgive. I do not forget, though, because again, like I've said, I think I said this in the first episode. If I forget, I I let the cycle continue, and I can't keep doing that. So, me personally, I cannot forget. I can forgive, and that is the most you'll get from me. But it was it was really him that was like you hold like you need to hold accountability for yourself and your own feelings, which means you got to start with day one uh, of. I'm not an an extremely nice person. I've been over this. Like, and I'm not sitting here saying I'm a mean person. Like, I don't walk around sitting like, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. Like, I hate this place. I hate this. Why are we here? Like, I'm not that. But I'm also not, like, when you meet me, you're not gonna be like, oh my God, she was the sweetest person to ever freaking exist. I'm like, I'm nice. I'm like, I'm not trying to scare anyone if you ever meet us out in public. I promise I'll be nice. (laughs) Okay, let me just. All right, train of thought back together. So I'm not the nicest person, but this started with, Building, like, breaking down my own built guard. I mean, I am built it, so I should know how to take it down, right? So, what hurts me? What affects me? And then realizing, why do I have these up? It takes so much more to be angry or resentful, spiteful, vengeful than it does to just be happy. So, if you are able to figure out what built those walls inside of you how to break them down at your own pace, because I never think one day you're going to wake up and everything's perfect and there's rainbows over your head instead of clouds. That's not realistic. And it's a day-by-day thing. So moving three centimeters every day is more than three centimeters yesterday. I'm not asking you to run a mile tomorrow, but if you get up and you do a little bit of work of like, where is this stemming from? And there was a question that was asked of like, how did you know to go to therapy? And this kind of ties in of, of in my past relationship, I again had a lot of childhood that I didn't know at the time was why I was allowing the things to happen. It was things from childhood that I saw, I witnessed. I thought it was normal, and I let it happen in my past relationship for so many years. And then I started to realize when the when the relationship had ended. Um, just a little bit of backstory: I was in an abusive relationship, not physically, but mentally and emotionally, and it was absolutely draining every single day. Um, he was constantly cheating. And the more I would talk to my friends and my family about this, the more that they would pull away because they're like, Catherine, we can't hear hear the same story 17 times a week. Like, at what point are you just going to walk away from this dude? And then I would walk away and then I would go back and I would go walk away and I would go back. So at the end of my relationship, I had no family and I had no friends. Nobody wanted anything to do with me. So if you've ever been in a relationship that's manipulative, that's their whole goal. They don't want you to have friends or family because the friends and family are going to tell you the truth. So what they want is for you to be friends with their friends and their family because their friends and family can see them doing no wrong, right? So when I broke up with this relationship and I finally, finally moved on for good from him, I looked around and I had nobody, I had nothing. And that was where I started to feel really intense anger inside myself, and I didn't know what I was angry at. I was like, what am I angry at? Am I angry at them? Am I angry at him? Am I angry at myself? Where is this stemming from? And it would really start to show when I was drinking. And back in the day, I drank a lot. I was living downtown. I partied a lot. It was so fun, but my nights out were looking really different. I was fighting with my friends, not like physical fights, but I was just constantly battling with them. I was talking mad crap to them and it was just not nice. And that wasn't me. Again, I'm not the nicest person, but that's also not me. And I was looking at myself of like, what is going on here? And going to the therapist you sit down and she's like okay well let's get deeper blah 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 again I had sat there and talked about how I wanted to get over the ex-boyfriend and I needed to figure out that trauma and she's like yes but let's dig deeper into childhood and let's see why you were even in this relationship with him because not a lot of people sit in those relationships and now if you were to ask me now I would never in my wildest dreams. sometimes I look back at that relationship and I cringe I'm like what the heck and Obviously, it was a blessing because it it led me to these thoughts and to the stability and to knowing that like, I do deserve more, and now I found li- an a literal perfect angel of a husband. so so that obviously had to happen to get to this point. But when we were digging deeper, we're talking about like, well, okay, you feel lonely. And I said, yeah, I feel like my family has abandoned me once again and friends abandoned me. And she's like, once again, she's like, you just moved here. Like, this is your second set of family. Like, because I was raised in Florida and like, yes, my family here was always my family, but this was the, the current closest family in Minnesota, if that's kind of making sense. So, and she was like, well, you've just started to build this relationship with your Minnesota family. How are you feeling abandoned by them? Quote unquote again. And I had said, wow, I guess I didn't even think about that because they weren't the ones that did the previous damage. It was the Florida family that did the previous damage where I was always feeling alone. I had a 15th birthday, not a 15th. I had my only 15th birthday. Um, my I, I was spent alone. There, It was spent alone because my stepsister had gotten arrested and my mom and dad, my mom and stepdad left the house to go deal with her. And I spent my entire 15th birthday alone just staring at my older brother, Will, Um, and there was, and that's just one example. There were so many times where I'm like looking at Will and I would just be there by ourselves, just kind of like, okay, well here's today. Like what are we going to do today? And again, looking back, nobody had the right answers. What do you do? Do you stay with your, your one daughter who's at home celebrating her birthday? Or do you go bail out your kid? Whatever. And now looking back, I'm like, I would never do that because she was in and out of jail all the time. So it's like, why would I not prioritize the one child that's at home doing the right thing on the right track? And it's her freaking birthday. This comes around once a year, but everyone's different. So I've internalized that for years. And again, it's just not that one example of my 15th birthday, but it's many, many, many times where I felt alone. And there was a time when my older brother um, went into the hospital as a, um, as a kid and my dad came down to visit, and that was, I think he had came down maybe once or twice before. But anyways, the, there was very, very, very few times where my dad, my real biological dad had came down to see us as kids, and every time I would feel like he only came down really to see Will, and I know that's not the case, but it felt like that because him and my older brother Will really bonded, and they they kind of think alike, they act a lot alike, and they, they they mesh better together than my dad and I did as kids. And now if you were to ask me, my dad and I are literally the same freaking person. But anyways, it was like that. So it was not only just um, down in Florida with just that one family. It was like sometimes I felt like my dad would do that where like he was very focused on my brothers. And even when we were up here in Minnesota as kids just to come up for the summer, he's he was very in tune with only certain kids. He still is like that. My dad is very, very in touch with my youngest brother. And, um, but it really makes you start to feel like, why doesn't he want to get to know me? And so when you're going through things as a kid, you're, you're kind of like alone. You're always feeling lonely. Then when you're with people who are around. So when I was up in the Minnesota, in Minnesota with people who were around, I felt like they didn't really even know me either. So it was very, it was a very hard, um, topic to kind of go into. And I know that those were kind of like off the rails, um, structure wise, but I just was constantly feeling alone as a kid. And then when I was older and I was going through an abusive relationship, I was like, why is no one here for me? Why am I constantly going through things on my own? And there's still to this day so many things that I've never told anybody. I've never gone over. I've never talked about. I've never spewed the words. I've never gone to my mom. I've never gone to my stepmom. I've never gone to my dad. I've never talked about them because I was like, I always just internalize it and was like, I have to be independent. I have to figure this out on my own. I have to just deal with this. I have to eat it because... There's other kids. I was never... I wasn't an only kid. And obviously, we had multiple kids in each household. But I, w- I just always felt like it was my job to process these things on my own. So then the older I was getting and the more that like things were coming out... Um, in my actions because that's what happens when you internalize your traumas or not even just your trauma when you internalize things that have happened it could have been a random Wednesday on a, a, in 2001 and you don't remember what happened but you just know that something inside of you is brewing not like the memory is not going to come up anymore the feeling comes up I don't remember what happened every single second of my entire life but I know that like feelings are being felt and then I'm like what is going on so it really starts with figuring out why you built the walls, figuring out how to unbuild them, and that really starts with just figuring out who do I want to be? What do I want to be? Where do I want to be? Do I want to be doing this? Do I want to be feeling this? No. If your answer is no, that's on you to figure out. You can't call your mom as a 35-year-old and say, hey, mom, um, I'm feeling a feeling, and I feel like it came from you, and I need you to take it away from me. She's going to be like, what? <laughs> are you drinking? Like, are you Okay. At least my mom would ask that. So it really starts with just figuring out. I don't want to feel this. I need to. I need to start. I need to start somewhere. And so much of it starts with forgiveness. And I don't know if you're a religious person or not, but that's spoken about so deeply in the Bible. Because I really believe, and I'm not trying to get spiritual or biblical on anybody anywhere, because I don't appreciate when people do that to me. But I really do believe that forgiveness is like one of the biggest and best things that you can do, not for the other person, but for yourself. I believe that wholeheartedly. You will never move on if you don't let go. Ever. I really don't think it would ever have been possible if I was just like one day, I was like, you know what, I'm going to stop holding this inside of me. I'm just going to move on. I have to forgive. I have to let go. I have to say it wasn't purposeful. They didn't mean it. Even if they did, I don't care. Why do I care what the 13-year-old best friend of mine did when I was 13? Why do I care? Why do I still hate her? Why do I still have her blocked on Instagram? I That's not a true story. I was using an example. But you got to let go at some point. And that's, that's for everybody included. Family too. I'm going to have a whole topic on family and forgiveness and forget and blah, blah, blah. We'll deal with that at a later date. But one thing I really want to just say is that no matter who you are, where you come from, what you were raised in, um, it I really don't think that that should be what makes or breaks you. I don't think that your family necessarily um, gets to decide who you are. And I know that's a lot easier said than done, um, especially me being me because I'm like, I don't feel like either family that I grew up with, um, whether it was my dad's side or my mom's side, I don't know if I was anything that they would have wanted. But it's not. it doesn't matter. And I really struggle with that because I still to this day, I really don't feel like I fit in sometimes. And I, I really have to sit there and like kind of absorb my own feelings and just say, hey Kat, like you've got this. It doesn't matter. They love you. They're your family. Yes, there's a lot of things that you do that they don't necessarily approve of. But who cares? It's your life. And I feel like a lot of people get like wrapped up in the thought of, no, I have to be accepted by my family. I have to go to the college that they choose for me. I have to get the job that they want for me. I have to speak the way they want. I have to think the way they want. And... So many people are like, some people love that. Some people are very happy in that. That wasn't me. And maybe it was because I came from a came from a split family where I got to see two different sides of life. And and I was like, oh, okay. So I didn't grow up in one family that was like, you have to be like this. And it was all I ever knew. So maybe that was my own blessing of, of being from a divorced parents, from divorced parents, where I got to see two different sides and I got to kind of pick and choose what I wanted and Again, like I said, there's so many things about myself that I know that my family doesn't approve of or doesn't care for or is like, why does she hold herself that way? Just TikTok, for example. There's a lot of people in my family that think it's stupid. They don't understand why I do it they're upset about it. They don't want, they don't get it. And that's, that's fine. It's not for them to understand. It's an outlet for me. That's how it started. Now I built a community. I love the community that I have. I'm not going to stop it. And then now it's turned into more than that. Brands reach out. So, so now it's like, okay, could this possibly be a job in the future? So it's like, I don't care if my dad thinks it's stupid or if my brother thinks it's stupid or if My mom calls and is like, yeah, you look like a clown. That's fine. I don't care. But that goes down to everything. And again, that is not me saying that this is my advice for you. But this is just like how I've had to move through things. And I'm still battling that. I say this time and time again. I want everybody to know that this is not me saying I am perfect by absolutely any means. And I've just got this carefree personality that never worries about what people think. Because I absolutely do. But at the end of the day, they're not paying my bills. They're not sleeping next to me when I'm sleeping. They're not taking my trash out. They're not taking my dogs out. The only person that I have to care about and I have to have respect for, um, meaning like obviously I have respect for a lot of people, but I'm saying like that I have to respect what their thoughts are on my life. That's what I'm trying to say is my husband. And that's it. That is it. When you get married and you start your own family or even just as an adult, when you're single and living alone, like the only responsibility is yourself and or your spouse. That is it. You are responsible for no one else's feelings. Obviously, be conscientious of how you treat people. But I'm I'm tired of explaining to my parents sometimes about like why I do stuff that I do or say what I say. And I don't know. It just is what it is. Um, I'm, I'm still working through it every single day. There was a few years back when I was single and I was kind of just trying to figure out life and I knew my parents were not approving of things that I was doing or saying and that was that was my era of where I really clung to the control. I clung to anything and everything I could because it was like my first time in life where I was able to kind of start thinking for myself and I realized you guys don't pay my bills. Why do you care where I live? Um. I had I lived with my ex-boyfriend and I lied to my parents about it for a while because I knew that they wouldn't approve. But I'm sitting here thinking one day, I'm like, why do I care? They don't pay for anything. They don't do anything. I owe them nothing other than the truth. Like, why do I, why do I hide that? Um, and, the, and then like when I met my husband and my husband and I, the, obviously we're just dating at the time we weren't married, but we decided to live together. I was like, yeah, we're moving in together. Like, come help us move him into, from his apartment to my apartment. Like, I was very open with it because I was like, at what point am I like, who cares? I can finally, like, kind of live and do what I want and say and be. And and that was where I was like, where I kind of realized I have the control and I clung to it of, not in a good way. This is, this is before, I'm losing track of my stories. This is back when I'm talking about my ex-boyfriend. I clung to the control of knowing what people could and couldn't know or feel about me and then when I met my husband and I kind of started to let go of that control of like what are people saying or how are people going to view it um it really kind of changed my relationship with people because I was just more like I don't feel like I need to be in control all the time I don't need to keep secrets I don't need to be hiding everything from me or from you, but then I'm also, I also absorbed this mentality of like, but I don't care, I don't need the control, and I don't care what you think, it was like the best day of my whole life, where I'm just like, I just live, like now I literally live life, I overshare all the time with my family, and sometimes they're still like, you're wild, and we think you're stupid, but that's okay, and I'm just like, I don't care, when you stop caring about what people think, or not even just stop, because I still do. Obviously, I like I still get ready every day, and I still like to look like I have my stuff together. That's not all for me. That is because I want to have, I want to be presentable. I want to be so obviously that means that like I do care about what some people think. That's fine. <sighs> But when you sit back and you're like, I need to just start living for me because we're all going to die one day. It's the sad reality. Some people are excited for that day. Some people are terrified. I am one of those people that if I were to die today, I am happy in the space that I've created for myself. But I am I would be extremely sad because I feel like there's finally, I feel like I've finally started my own life and living for myself and doing things for myself so, I would be happy knowing that, like, I've let a lot go, and if today is my day, then okay, but I'm also, like, I would, I would really, really miss out on so many things that I feel like I just started, just started on my journey. So, again, a lot of people can't say that. Some people are excited to die for the simple fact that they don't have to keep on in their own head, and I think that's a really sad thought, because I've been there, I've felt those feelings, Um, but when you come out on the other end of it, you're just thankful and I don't know. I just think it's a whole new world of, of what you see when you start to forgive yourself, forgive the people around you and whether you forgive and you cut them out, that's okay too. I'm not saying forgive and allow the, the behaviors that really hurt you to continue. So if there's people in your life that got to go, that's okay. Okay. But if you forgive them first, you'll be a lot better off um, because in the long run, you're going to really thank yourself for just saying, you know what, why am I holding on to that energy? My energy did not deserve to be there. It still does not deserve to be there. So why am I holding on to this? It didn't deserve it then. It doesn't deserve it now. Let's let it go. Okay, I want to share a couple quick DMs before I wrap this up. Someone reached out and said, loved listening to episode one. I look forward to hearing and listening more. Here's a few thoughts I had while listening. I wanted to start by saying how much your feelings on independence resonated with me. I'm the oldest of six siblings and I've always felt like I've been forced into being independent. My parents never had to worry about what I was doing or how I was doing. They always expected I was perfect. So they'd shift their attention slash worries to other siblings. This has now grown into people pleasing slash controlling tendencies that I'm working through in my adult life. Like you, I'm also navigating life with my little family, my fiance and my fur babies while attending school. You've shared that you've since become very protective of the life you and your husband have built with each other and I couldn't have agreed more. I've lived away from home for the past six years and somehow continue to feel guilty for, my, for leaving my home and, and leaving my siblings to prefer, pursue my own dreams and goals. Do you ever feel like this way or experience feelings like imposter syndrome while living your own life? I do this more often than I'd like to admit since I've been in school. Every time I do well on an exam, I'm in disbelief that I actually know my shit and deserve to be there. I am also a fixer, like you mentioned in your episode, and I've now noticed often I try to pa- parent my parents. It's practically impossible that, and it also bothers me so much, so I feel my your frustrations. On a lighter note, your first episode felt like we were on FaceTime, so the vibes were totally there like you intended. I'm really looking forward to more. So one, thank you. There was a lot of stories that were shared, and I'm not going to share all of them, and here's why. I feel like some of the stories tied into other episodes that I want to speak on, same with questions. I got a lot of questions and I absolutely love that, but some of them were more geared to a full episode. So I wanted to start by saying that. I also do have that same imposter syndrome feeling sometimes of, I kind of went over that earlier. I don't feel like I deserve my husband. I don't feel like I... Not that I don't feel like, I just can't believe sometimes. I can't believe I own a home. I can't believe I'm married to one of the most amazing humans to ever walk this earth. I can't believe I'm blessed enough to not have to worry about a lot of things that a lot of other people have to worry about. So yes, I do have that imposter syndrome feeling. For the sibling part though, no, I don't feel guilty pulling away and kind of doing my own thing. Because I feel like I should have done that my whole life. I think my siblings did. I feel like there's a couple of them that really lived. Um, they didn't give a shit. And I'm sitting here like, I'm internalizing it. How are you not hurt? Um, but sometimes, I mean, especially when I look at my older brother, I do feel some sort of guilt. I feel like I need to help him move in life. And I've really had to let that go. Um, because him him, and I were the only two that like traveled to each house's Like to and from. Um, because he was my only full-blood brother, and I know that he battles with a lot, and I do feel that guilt sometimes, where I'm like, when I'm doing something successful, um, I want to, like, pull him with me, but it's not his life. It's not, like, his life is his life. He's, like, what I do in my life, and my successes are maybe not successful to him. Maybe they are, and he's always been supportive, so I'm not saying he's not, he's not supportive of what I'm doing, but Making a podcast, being on TikTok, is that something he wants to do? No. So it's like, why do I feel guilty? And like the school that you had stated that you're going to, why are you feeling guilty for that? You should be excited. And if your siblings are good siblings, they're going to be excited for you because they'll also know that when they're doing something and they're getting a degree or they got a job or they're living the life that they want to live, you'll be supportive. That doesn't mean you want it, which means that they don't need to take you along. And that's the same for you. You don't need to take your siblings along because you feel bad. If anything, you just say, I'm going to work harder so I can get you a really nice Christmas gift that you actually really want. Or I can take us all on a trip or whatever. Obviously, like, um, physical value is nothing. But, You know, I just think that we just, we want so badly to make sure everyone around us is always happy, especially our siblings, especially the ones that have gone through the stuff that's gone through with you. Um, But it's not our responsibility, one. That's exactly this whole point in this episode of it was no one else's responsibility to figure out my own head and get through things on other than me. And that's the same with my brother. It's it's his job to wake up and say, you know what? I don't want to be like this anymore. I don't want to feel this feeling anymore. It's my job to work through things. Um, obviously, be there for people as much as possible. But until it's draining yourself, you can't continue to help other people. And I really believe in like the, you can't fill someone else's cup without diminishing your own cup. So you got to figure out a way to help without draining yourself. So... I do feel you. I feel you wholeheartedly. We're going to, again, talk about this. I'm really eager to get one of my my older brother, Will, on here so we can talk about some things like this because I feel like that's a huge topic of, like, I have that sibling guilt. um, And I'm sure he probably feels it sometimes too, but it's it's one, it's not a responsibility. And two, if they should always be happy for you no matter what. Just as much as I'm so happy for him when things go great in his life, it doesn't mean that I'm jealous or... Um, how dare you go get a nice new job without confine like what? Like, okay, Catherine, are you gonna go work where he works? Like, so as long as you can just realize that all we can do is be happy for each other, they can be happy for you, you can be happy for them, and doing your best to just still take care of yourself, take care of your husband, make sure your pups are taken care of. Cause that right now, when you sign When you sign your marriage certificate, your siblings are on the back burner now. Like at this point in life, your husband comes first. You come first, which means that you two have to stay positive, keep your energy alive. um, And hopefully your your siblings are... Old enough to kind of start working through some things on their own. Out of all of my rambling, I am hoping that I got somewhere with someone, even if it was one person, I do not care. Or if it was one sentence that resonated with you, that is wonderful. I'm gonna wrap up this episode. I'm very excited to just keep talking and kind of getting better at speaking to you guys. I feel like I ramble a lot and. And my mind is like 10 miles faster than my mouth. So sometimes I'm like in the middle of a story and then I'm like, oh my God, I want to talk about this or I want to touch on this, blah, blah, blah. Um, So I feel like I'm getting better at that. I'm trying to get better at that. Um, I do want to say thank you for just always being here, listening, supporting on Instagram or TikTok, however you do it. I love that. I love the people. There were a lot of questions that came through on Instagram. So I hope I answered at least one of yours. If you asked, um... I think I answered like four, four or five. If there were um, questions that were asked that really tie into another episode, that's why they didn't get asked um, because I had quite a few or if it was a um, repeat, obviously. So yes, I am excited for next week. We are heading out of town to Denver this weekend to celebrate my younger brother, my youngest brother's 21st birthday. So I'm very excited for that. It'll be some memories in the book.